0: You are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast? I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on this four volume, over 2500 page work of the Venerable Maria of Agra. Today, we begin our readings from the second volume. That means we are now in the second quarter of the year, our next 90 days of reading from the Mystical City of God. When I pulled this book off my bookshelf, and I paged through the pages. I noticed that I had different things inserted in there, different notes I had made along the way. But also I discovered a prayer card that I acquired from catholicprayercards.org. It's a prayer asking the intercession of Venerable Maria of I hope that for all of us, we are growing in our admiration of this saintly sister. Although not yet a saint, it is good for us to ask her from her place in eternity to pray for us so join me now in prayer all good and holy god we thank you for the life of your servant maria Agreda. may we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will like her may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls through the intercession of the blessed virgin mary the immaculate conception May we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Amen. Today is day number 91, and we are beginning the second volume of The Mystical City of God. We'll be reading from the introduction for these first few days. We'll read paragraphs 1 through 11 of the introduction. 1. When I was ready to present before the throne of God the insignificant results of my labors in writing the first part of the Most Holy Life of Mary, the Mother of God, I wished to subject it to the scrutiny and correction of the divine light, by which I had been guided in my shortcomings. I was very anxious to be consoled by the renewed assurance and benign approval of the Most High, and to know whether he wished me to continue or to abandon this work, which is so far above my lowliness. The Lord responded, saying, Thou hast written well and according to our pleasure, but we desire thee to understand that in order to manifest the mysteries and most high sacraments of the rest of the life of our only and chosen spouse, mother of our only begotten, thou hast need of a new and more exalted preparation. It is our wish that thou die to all that is imperfect and visible, and that thou live according to the Spirit, that thou renounce all the occupations and habits of an earthly creature, and assume instead those of an angel striving to attain in them a still greater purity and an entire conformity with what thou art to understand and write. 2. In this answer of the high I understood that such a high perfection of life and habits and such an unwanted exercise of virtues was proposed and required of me, that full of diffidence I became disturbed and fearful of undertaking a work so arduous and difficult for an earthly creature, I felt within myself great repugnance, rising up in the flesh against the Spirit. The Spirit called me with inferior force, urging me to strive after the disposition which was required of me, and advancing as argument the pleasure of the Lord and the benefits accruing to myself. On the other hand, the law of sin, Romans 7.23, which I felt in my members opposed the divine promptings and discouraged me by the fear of my own inconstancy. I felt a great distaste which deterred me, and a great pusillanimity which filled me with fear. In this excitement I began to believe that I was not capable of treating about such high things, especially as they were so foreign to the condition and estate of a woman. 3. Overcome by fears and difficulties, I resolved not to continue this work, and to use all possible means to adhere to this determination. The common enemy knew my fear and cowardice, And as his utmost cruelty is more aroused against the weak and disheartened, he made use of this very disposition to attack me with incredible fury. It seemed to him that I was left without help in his hands. In order to conceal his malice, he sought to transform himself into an angel of light, pretending to be very solicitous for my soul and for my welfare. Under this false pretext, he perfidiously deluged me with his suggestions and doubts, he represented to me the danger of damnation and frightened me with punishments similar to those of the chief of the angels, Isaiah fourteen twelve, since I had sought in my pride to comprehend what was above my powers and in opposition to God Himself. Four. He pointed out to me many souls who, professing virtue, were deceived by some secret presumption, and by yielding to the insinuations of the devil and he made me believe that in so far as i sought to scrutinize the secrets of the divine majesty proverbs 25:27 i could not but be guilty of pride and presumption thus being already judged he urged very strongly that the present times were ill suited for such matters and sought to confirm his assertion by what happened to some well-known persons who were found to labor under deceit and error he reminded me of the dread of the spiritual life in others How great would be the discredit which would arise by any mistake of mine, and what evil effect it would have on those of little piety. All this I would know by experience, and to my regret, if I persisted in writing about this matter. And as it is true, evidently, that all the opposition to the spiritual life and the small esteem in which the mystic virtues are held is caused by that mortal enemy, so for the purpose of doing away with Christian devotion and piety in many souls, He succeeds in deceiving some and in sowing the cockle among the good seed of the Lord. Matthew 13.25 Thus, he causes confusion and obscures the true sentiment concerning it, making it more difficult to distinguish the darkness from the light. I am surprised to see him succeed therein, as the true discernment is the special work of God and of those who participate in his true wisdom and do not govern themselves only by earthly insight. 5. It is not easy during this mortal life to discern true prudence from the false, for often also the good intention and zeal warp the human judgment when counsel and light from on high are wanting. I had occasion to learn this in the execution of that which I am about to undertake, for some persons well known as devout, and only those who loved me on account of their piety, and desired only my welfare." but also those who were less loving and considerate, all alike at one time wished to deter me from this undertaking, and also from the path which I was going, as if I was proceeding upon it by my own choice. Their fear of drawing discredit or confusion upon those who were striving after piety with me or upon religion or my neighbors, and especially upon the convent in which I lived, caused them anxiety and to me affliction. I was much enamored by the security which the ordinary paths of the other nuns seemed to offer. I acknowledged that this suited more my own insight and my inclination desires, and was urged upon me still more by my timidity and my great fears. 6. Cast about upon these impetuous waves my heart, sought to reach the port of obedience, in order to reassure me in the bitter sea of my confusion." To add to my tribulation, it began to be rumored about in our order that my spiritual father and superior, who had for many years directed my soul and who well understood my interior trials, who moreover had commended me to write the preceding part of this history, who would most likely encourage, quiet, and console me was suggested for removal to a higher office. The suggestion was not acted upon, but it occasioned his absence for many days, and the dragon took advantage of all this in order to pour out against me the furious river of his wrath. Apocalypse 13.15 Thus, though in vain, he exerted all his malice on the occasion and others, to entice me from obedience, and deprive me of the guidance of my superior and master. 7. In addition to all the contradictions and temptations already mentioned, and many others not possible to describe, the demon sought to deprive me of my health, causing many aches, indispositions, and disorders of the whole body. He harassed me with insurmountable sadness and conflicting thoughts. He seemed to confuse my understanding, hinder correct thinking, weaken my willpower, and sift me in body and soul. And it happened that in the midst of this confusion I committed some faults, which were serious enough in me although they were committed not so much in malice as from human frailty. Nevertheless, the serpent sought to use them for my destruction more than any other means, for thus having interrupted the flow of good works, his fury was let loose to cause still greater faults in this embarrassment, by inviggling me to exaggerate my guilt. To this he drove me by impious and most insidious suggestions, seeking to persuade me that all that I had experienced in the path which I had trodden was false and erroneous." 8. As these insinuations on account of the faults committed, and on account of my continual consternation and fears began to appear plausible, I resisted them less than others. It was only through the special mercies of the Lord that I did not fall entirely from all belief and hope in a remedy. But I found myself so entangled in difficulties and surrounded by darkness that I may say the groanings of death encompassed me, and the sorrows of hell engulfed me, Psalm 17.5. "...inspiring me with dread of extreme peril, I resolved to burn the manuscripts of the first part of this divine history, and to desist from writing the second. The angel of Satan who inspired me from this resolution induced me also to withdraw myself from the whole undertaking, to put an end to the pursuit of the spiritual life, to neglect my interior life, and not to be able to do penance for my sins. Appease the Lord, propitiate him, and retain his friendship, in order to make sure of the effects of his concealed malice, He proposed that I make a vow not to write any more on account of the danger of being deceived and of deceiving, but that, instead, I amend my life, retrench my imperfections, and embrace penance. 9. With this mask of seeming virtue, the dragon pretended to establish his damnable counsels and cover himself with the skin of a sheep, while in reality he acted as a bloodthirsty and devouring wolf. He persevered for some time in this attack, and all alone I remained for fifteen days, in a night of darkness, without relief or consolation either human or divine, without the former because I was without the help and the counsel of obedience, and without the latter because the Lord had interrupted the flow of his favors, his enlightenments, and continual inspiration. Above all was I distressed by despair of salvation, and in it the persuasion that death and the danger of my eternal damnation was approaching." All this was instigated and fostered in me by the enemy ten. But as the aftertastes of his temptations are so bitter and end in despair, the very disturbance by which he upset the whole republic of my powers and acquired habits made me more wary of fulfilling anything which he urged on me and proposed to me. He availed himself of the continual fear which tormented me with the dread of offending God and of losing his friendship, and when, in my doubts, I applied myself to works of piety, he sought to draw me away. This very fear, however, made me hesitate at what the astute dragon had tried to convince me of, and in this uncertainty I deferred giving assent to it. My high regard for obedience also, by which I had been ordered to write, and the contrariness of that which I felt in my interior, helped me to resist and to recoil at his suggestions." Above all, the assistance of the Most High defended me and permitted, not the beast, to snatch my soul, which amid sighs and groans confessed him. I cannot describe in words the temptations, combats, troubles, dismays, and afflictions which I suffered in this battle, for I saw myself placed in such a state that in my judgment there is really no greater difference between my condition and that of the damned, except that in hell there is no redemption, while in mine... It was still possible. eleven One day, in order to get some respite, I cried out from the bottom of my heart, saying, "O oh, woe is me that I have come to such a state, and woe to my soul which finds itself therein; whither shall I turn, since all the portals of my salvation are closed?" Immediately a strong and sweet voice gave answer within myself, "Whither dost thou wish to go outside of God Himself? By this answer I perceived that my cure was at hand in the Lord, and at the breaking of this dawn I began to raise myself from the depth of the confusion into which I was cast, and I felt a powerful increase in the fervor of my desire and in the acts of faith, hope, and charity. I debased myself in the presence of the Most High, and in firm confidence in His goodness I wept over my faults with bitter sorrow. I confessed them many times, and sighing from the depth of heart I began to seek again the former light and truth. And as the divine wisdom comes forth to meet those by whom it is invoked, Wisdom 617, it advanced toward me in delight, and cleared away the night of my confusion and tormenting afflictions. This concludes our reading today for day number 91. Today we've been reading from the introduction of volume 2. We read paragraphs 1 through 11. One of the things we notice about these people who have been tasked with great responsibilities is that they feel unworthy, and that feeling of unworthiness then makes them feel like they're doing something wrong, makes them think that they should destroy the work, that they shouldn't persevere, that they shouldn't continue. This was the case with St. Faustina in the Diary of Divine Mercy, and we heard today in our reading that this was also the case for Venerable Maria Vagreda, that she had this experience, that her spiritual director was away, she was continuing this work, she became discouraged, And because she was away for some time, this allowed these things to linger. She couldn't get the direction that she needed to put her back on the straight and the narrow and on the right path. I think often when we undertake a great task for the Lord, we face some sort of great temptations. They could be the assault of the enemy in terms of temptation of sin in our life, someone choosing sin. Because he wants to take away that joy of that moment. He wants to make us doubt our efficacy. It could be that when we finish a project, that maybe someone rises up against us. That they retaliate against us for whatever reason. That they say things that are untrue. And again, this is a tactic, I believe, of the evil one. Trying to destroy the joy of the moment. Trying to discredit the work that you're trying to do. And as we read the mystical city of God and we're grateful that the Venerable Maria of Agreda persevered, that she continued, that she didn't give up, but we see the spiritual struggle that she was going through. And maybe we can see in ourselves some sort of spiritual struggle that at times we might endure ourselves. I think this is the value of having an awareness a spiritual awareness of these different realities in our life that we're able to gauge, that we're able to sense different things as they're happening. We can say, something doesn't feel right. I know this isn't right. What's going on within me? And then we're able to take it to wise counsel. We're able to take it to our pastor or to a spiritual director, to a counselor, to whoever it might be, to a spiritual confidant, And they're going to give us advice. They're going to help us through that moment. Venerable Maria of I had that person. And I hope that you and me can both have that person as well. I'm Father Edward Looney. And I'm grateful that you tuned in today. And I hope that you'll join me again tomorrow as we continue to read The Mystical City of God. Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.